topic talking about little things. It's the little things. That's the title for the series this month. And, and I want to talk about little changes that have a big impact in life. Because sometimes we get too focused on like making big changes when really some smaller changes would be better. Um, we talked last week about John Wooden, legendary college basketball coach, who would start by first practice, his players learn to properly put on their socks and smooth out the wrinkles so they wouldn't get blisters. Small things like that that have the potential to have a big impact on, on the success of a basketball team. And so we're talking about little things that we can do. Last week we talked about finding your one word or one small phrase and living for a season around that one small phrase, turning to God and saying, God, would you lay on my heart one word and I'm going to run after that for this next season. This week we're going to talk about thoughts. Next week we're going to talk about words, the power of actually speaking. And then finally we're going to talk about uh, habits. And, and here's the thing. Um, this may be a different approach for some of you, and I will admit. Um, so it's like this. I, I like to um, uh, study successful people, like read about interviews with them or biographies or their quotes, their ideas about life. If they made a difference in the world, I love to learn about their sleeping habits, their diets, um, what, they, what they teach other people. And uh, one of the things I started to notice is that so many successful people talk about managing their thoughts, managing their thought life, and, and sort of governing um, their thinking, thinking about how they think and changing how they think and deciding what thoughts stay and what thoughts need to go. And they believed that thinking about thinking and governing thoughts actually changed their lives. Now, I'm a skeptic when it comes to stuff like that. Like, it's like, eh, I don't know about that. So I started to look at Scripture and, and, and study that. And I, and I mean this. Like, this has been a few years. Would read about thinking about thinking and then read in Scripture about that. And so kind of what I want to do is share some of, of uh, what I've learned about it because I've, I've come to put some stock into uh, thinking about thinking. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to watch a video. This is Modern Science and what Modern Science has learned about the power of thinking. And then we're going to look at ancient wisdom from the Bible. So Modern Science, take a look and we'll go from there. For years, scientists believed that the brain was static, unchanging, and locked. But our understanding has changed drastically to the point where we now see the brain as plastic and constantly changing. But what if I told you that simply thinking could affect not only the way your brain works, but its physical shape and structure as well? It turns out, this is exactly what happens. From a neuroscientific standpoint, imagining an action and doing it require the same motor and sensory programs in the brain. For example, if you were to close your eyes and imagine the letter B, the primary visual cortex lights up in the same way it does when you look at the letter on the screen. Take a moment and imagine yourself writing out your signature with your dominant hand. Chances are, the amount of time it takes you to simply imagine doing it is similar to how long it actually takes to write it out. Try doing the same thing with your non-dominant hand and it actually takes you longer to write and imagine. How is this relevant? Well, because imagination and action are actually integrated and engage the same neural pathways, practicing one actually influences the other. 
One fascinating study took two groups and had them practice piano for two hours a day. Except one group was only allowed to use mental practice. They couldn't touch the piano, but would sit in front of it and imagine practicing. The surprising result: the exact same physical changes took place in the motor cortex of both groups. And after three days, their accuracy in playing was the exact same. Beyond five days, the physical practice group did begin to excel faster, but the imagination group, when given the chance to practice physically, was able to catch up to their skill level quickly. Perhaps more incredible is an experiment which used imagination in an effort to strengthen muscles. Both groups did the same figure muscle exercises for four weeks, though one group simply did it mentally. Those who actually did the physical exercise increased their strength by 30%, while those who imagined doing it increased their muscle strength by 22%. This is because the neurons responsible for the movement instruction were still being used and strengthened, resulting in increased strength when the muscles actually contracted. So, while your thoughts don't have some mystical or magical power, mental practice is an effective way to prepare for a physical skill. Each thought actually changes the structure and function of your brain by affecting the neurons at the microscopic level. Though, as much as we wish you could sit there and become the next Mozart, it won't happen without a lot of hard physical work. But a little imagination never hurts. So, that's modern science, and I watched that, and I'm like, really? Like, it, it, it just sounds a little strange, but it syncs up well. Like that's what modern science has unlocked about the human body, about real life. Take a look at wisdom from Solomon, written 2,500 years ago. This is Proverbs 23:7. Solomon was um, uh, one of the wisest men to ever live. Had his wisdom from God, and um, and here's what he says: As a person thinks in his heart, so he is, or so he becomes. As a person thinks. So he becomes, as if our thoughts somehow manifest into who we are, into our reality, which is crazy for me to think about. But I can't help but then ask myself, what if that is true? What if that's absolutely true? What if somehow that's from God? What if God is saying, "Hey, this is how the universe works, Alex." As true as the law is gravity, as the law of gravity, as true. And consistent as the law of gravity, how you think determines how you exist. How you think determines how you exist. If I really believe that, what would change in my life? I, I imagine this. That's how I think. Okay. Um, let's say we were sitting at Panera. You were sitting at Panera. I'm sitting at Panera. Let's let's just, for the sake of the weather, it's 80 degrees out. Might as well, if we're going to do something hypothetical, it might as well be beautiful out, right? Got my sunglasses on at Panera, out on the patio, and a stranger walks up and sits down. Looks like Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman voice. You realize this is no stranger. This is God. He's in his white suit. Comes and he sits down. He's got Ron Eastwood's voice. I heard Ron laugh over there, and and he, um, you get to chatting and you realize this is God, and and he says two things to you. First of all, he admits that cats were a mistake. 
He's like, I never thought people would domesticate those little sociopathic animals. <laughs> and then he hands you this little, little ancient wooden box with a latch on it. And he says, in this box is a secret of the universe. It's an absolute truth. And it will change everything about your life. Don't open it till you get home. But it will change everything. It's as true as gravity. It's as true as night and day. And God walks away and you have this box and you jump in the car and you're keeping the box closed. You can't wait to get home to see what this incredible truth is. And you open the box up and there's this ancient parchment with beautiful calligraphy. And it says, as you think, so you become. As a man thinks, as a person thinks, so is he. So he becomes. So she becomes. And you knew, because you had gotten that from God himself, that this was absolutely true all the time. How would that affect the way you govern your thoughts? Would you let thoughts run wild? Or would you garden your thoughts? Would you enrich the good and tear out from the roots the bad? What would you do in response to that? How would you think about your career? How would you think about your marriage? How about your competency? If you read that after God teed it up as this powerful life-changing wisdom, would you begin to think about the thoughts you actually entertain in your mind. In other words, if you think you can't, you probably won't. If you think life is going to be bad, it'll probably be bad. If you think you don't have anything to offer, you probably aren't going to make a difference. On the other hand, if you think you can, you probably will. If you believe that there are opportunities out there, you will probably uh, see those opportunities. If you believe that God is for you and with you, you will probably sense his power and his presence because our thoughts matter. As a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. What if that's true? Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts thoughts. I'm friends with uh, one former professional athlete. Uh, he played some baseball for the Baltimore Orioles, was actually um, kind of called up to be Cal Ripken's replacement on retirement, so he's a big deal. But a fluke injury to his hand um, put him on a different track, and he ended up, he did play some for the Orioles, and then ended up uh, finishing over, overseas because of that injury. He works with my boys uh, in baseball, and he's always talking with them about the power of your thought, about the power of thinking. He'll say things like, if you tell yourself you're tired, your body will shut down. If you tell yourself you're not tired, your body will respond with energy. What's he saying? As you think, so you become. And when you think about professional athletes, you're talking about people who call the best out of themselves, right? Right? So I have a friend, fellow Polarisite, Frank Mancini, always sits back there, so I can't see, but I'm sure he's back there. 
the lights make this all black. Maybe everybody's gone. I wouldn't know because this is all black. But um, the Mancini family, if you haven't met them, one of the most interesting, and I mean this, one of the most interesting families you will ever meet. Frank works in the clubhouse um, uh, with the Cleveland Indians, has for years. His wife Mabel's amazing. Their kids are amazing. Mabel's dad preached in a church in Taiwan standing against the Chinese government, even through threats. He is a hero, would be written about in Scripture if the Bible were written today. That's that family, absolutely incredible. I'm humbled whenever, whenever he's here, whenever the family's here. I'll love them to death. But I was talking to Frank, uh, who works in the clubhouse with the Indians, uh, about how he's seen this stuff, like as I prepared for this. And he said that many of the professional athletes, many of the Cleveland Indians, incorporate this kind of, of mental thinking and visualization as a part of their pregame routine. And in fact, um, I think he said every, um, every professional baseball team now employs like mental coaches to help the players think positive thoughts and ward off negative thoughts to help coach the players deal with their thinking. In the modern age of sports and analytics, these professional teams have recognized the power of thinking and how it changes the outcome enough that they actually employ. So he said that uh, there's a, the, the current mental coach, I'm not sure what the real title is, but she used to work with uh, Navy SEALs and help them stay mentally sharp and manage their thinking, and now she does it. Just phenomenal stuff. Phenomenal stuff to, to think about how this really applies in real life and how it can make such a big difference. Now, in a few minutes, I want to look at, like, is, it, is this just one sentence in the Bible? As a man thinks, so he becomes. Is one sentence in, in a book that thick? Do we really give credence to that if it's just one sentence? Or is there much, much more? We'll look at that in a few minutes. Spoiler alert, there's much, much more. Just, you know, to, so you don't have to think about, is there? Um, I would like, before we get there, for you to do a quick, like, mental audit or thought audit, okay? If you become how you think, so think about how you think right now. If you become how you think, would you rather be an optimist or a pessimist? Would you rather think thoughts about things working out well? Or would you rather assume things will go poorly if you become how you think? How about your marriage? Would you think thoughts of deep connection and intimacy and fun and joy and romance? Or would you think lonely thoughts? Disparaging, hopeless thoughts about marriage. Would you think thoughts of promotion and success and improvement and impact? Or would you think thoughts of failure and underperformance and being overlooked if you become how you think? If your thoughts matter, would you think eternal thoughts or temporary worldly thoughts? If your thoughts matter, would you think thoughts of peace and joy or obsess over anxious, worst-case scenario kind of thoughts? Now, let me get out in front. If you know me, you know that 
I got a long way to go with this. Okay, some of the stuff I say up here I'm good at. A few things. Like last week's stuff, you know, simple-mindedness over a single thought versus that I got. But optimism? Oh my, I'm Eeyore. I mean, I, I, my brain can go down the... There could be a 12-foot, 12-inch snowstorm and, and only 50 people show up here on a Sunday and I'd be like, looks like Polaris is down the, down the drain. Like, I, like seriously, I, I, my mind goes quick. Okay? Now, so I'm not good at this, but I need to get good. Like, like I fall under conviction and, and I would rather be up here t- confessing and committing to repentance and change I'm not going to pretend that like, oh yeah, this is how you do it, okay? I'm simply saying this is, this is scripture, this is observable, and if it's true, then it's important that we adjust our lives to it. Now, let me look at a few more scriptures real quick. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, don't be like the world, but be transformed. How are we Transformed. By the renewal of our mind, that by testing you may discern, mental, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the world does one thing, but he says, if you want to be transformed, and I want to be transformed, I don't want to be the same person that I am 10 years from now. That transformation starts by changing the way I think, by the renewal of mind. Here's another scripture, I wrote it down wrong. This is 2 Corinthians 10. Not three. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So there's the world and then there's us. There's the world way of doing things and there's followers of Jesus and how they do things. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. They're different. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So, so if you fight like he's going to say, you have divine power. If you use those, he calls them weapons. We demolish arguments and every pretension, that's every falsehood, every lie that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So this is a mental thing. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So he's saying that there are lies that enter our brain and we take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Jesus. The Bible says that Satan is the father of Lies. So we get this idea of there's this spiritual thing happening where our enemy in the dark world that we can't see fights with pretension, fights with misinformation, fights with lies, and it announces falsehoods to us. And we fight by taking those thoughts captive and making them, it uses the word Strongsville, Strongsville, ha, stronghold, uses the word stronghold. That's like a think medieval dungeon, okay? That's the dungeon that we're in when we think wrongly, when we believe lies. Jesus came to announce. He came to announce who we are. We fight the battle by taking the lies and bringing them into obedience with what Jesus taught. This is why it's so important to be a student of the words and teachings of Jesus. I talked last week, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are the four Gospels. That's the life and teachings of Jesus. Ten minutes a day. 
Ten minutes a day reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John over and over again throughout the year. Ten minutes a day, you will be an expert in no time at the life and teachings of Jesus. And you'll be able to spot those lies about who you are that you think about who other people are, about the way to respond, you'll be able to spot the lies and bring them into obedience. Renewal begins when we change the way we think because we move toward our strongest thoughts. So we might as well bring our thoughts into alignment with what Jesus announces to us rather than what our enemy in the world and others announce to us. One more scripture. This one Man, the Bible says that Scripture is living and active. This Scripture has walked with me through some very dark moments in life. This is, a, this, is, this is a powerful Scripture, and I can't believe that I'm just now linking this Scripture with this thinking stuff we're talking about, okay? Because I've had this memorized for years. Here we go. Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and petition. That's repetitive prayer. Present your request to God in thanksgiving in God's peace. The peace of God, which doesn't even make sense. It surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Why? Because thinking is where change starts. Because thinking changes things. Because we become, we move toward our strongest thoughts. Paul is saying those anxious thoughts, those negative thoughts, take them to God. Rely on his peace. And you think the thoughts that God has given us in scripture to think. So what we're really saying, and you guys can come on up for one last song, um, the band. Um, we're talking about getting our minds right so that we're ready to deal with how we think throughout the day. And the best way that I know how to do that is in the mornings. Um, maybe get up a little earlier to read some scripture, read some gospel. Or on your drive to work. Um, doesn't mean you can never listen to, you know, Kid Rock and whoever again. Just means maybe take that morning drive and listen to some Christian music. If you're brand new to it, go to Spotify or you know, Apple Music and, um, and search Crowder. C-R-O-W-D-E-R, like chowder, only with an H instead of a, only R instead of an H, Okay. Um, find some Christian music you resonate with, that you enjoy. Listen to it. Let it fill your mind with things of God. Or audiobook Bible on your drive to work if you don't have time to, to read. Just do some things in the morning that put the right stuff in your brain that prep you. And once you get that going, then as you, as you encounter false thinking or bad thinking throughout the day, you're more inclined to spot it, take it captive, as Paul says, and bring it into obedience, bring it into alignment, and remember, your thoughts matter. And commit to actually doing the work to govern over your thoughts as though they really do shape 
your reality because that is clear as day in the Word of God. Would you stand and let's pray. Father, thank you for speaking to us through your Word here with us for thousands of years and it's, it's such a treasure trove. And this is a new insight for a lot of people and fairly new uh, for me. And I want to pray that you would teach us and change us through the power of your spirit. Teach us how to govern our thoughts um, and take them captive and bring them into obedience. Because I'd rather live with your peace and your blessing than my own negative pessimism. In Jesus' name, amen.